Hi, my name's Ethan, and this is Uncommon. Uncommon and Uncommon Clips are produced by Norel, a digital agency built for challenger brands and talent. To learn more, head to norel.com. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com. <laughs> What's happening to July, with July in July? Mate, you know, it's our month. It's our month. Last year in July, we... We were locked down. We were in lockdown. We we were we were dying a very slow death, if I can be very honest. Really? We were still in lockdown. We were doing almost zero sales. You know, from the beginning of lockdown, we were 95% drop in revenue. Fuck. Uh, so we're talking like close to, to zero. Um. You know, and it's funny at that stage, you know, you know, when people talk about percentage growth, like 1500% growth year on year, but when you're already at zero, the percentages don't mean anything. It reminds me, like my dad used to say when I, when I turned 18, he's like, I'll give you, I'll double whatever you have for your first car, whatever, whatever money you've got, I'll double it. Mm-hmm. And then he like looks at me with a laugh and says, do you know what double zero is? Zero, man. <laughs> You're not getting anything because you don't have anything. Yeah, right. So that was that was his that, <laughs> that that's what that reminds me of. We we had nothing. So the growth can't even be expressed in percentages because we were literally at zero dollars. Yeah. So last last July was uh, well the lead up to that July we had decided that we were going to expand internationally. It, the lead up to it. So how long ahead are we talking? I think we were in April, March, April. We said like. We're running out of money. We need to do something. Yeah. So, uh, so we had just launched the the Carry On Light, which was the lightest double wheel carry on in the world, mm-hmm. at one point eight kilos. This was part of our like something to do during COVID launch new product. We got a lot of press for it. It was a really really good product. Really really good launch. Great creative. Um, all the things were really nice for it. But obviously, not not that many sales. So we're like, okay, well, we got the PR success for this thing. What's, what do we do with it? Now that we're not selling in Australia, everyone's mandated lockdown. We can't leave the country. No one's traveling. What do we do? So we looked at other budget airlines. I'm giving you the long story, by the way. This no, is the extended. Up, yeah. right? So, you know, we looked at other budget airlines. We knew like Europe was a big budget airline travel industry and they like light luggage. They really want something super light as they're flying Ryanair and EasyJet uh, so they don't have to pay anymore. Then their 50 euro trip between Athens and Brussels. Mm. So we were like, okay, we're going to launch in the UK. We'd spent like two, three weeks briefing the team, UK, 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 <laughs> let's get this done. Yeah. And uh, on our way to lunch, we're having uh, Akasiro Japanese down in Collywood. Love that place. It's killer, right? And on our way there, we like reading the news, UK goes into further lockdowns, like stricter lockdowns that they can't travel anymore. <laughs> well, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to launch in the UK only to be met with more, more, more trouble. So... Within that lunch, we decided we were just going to flip to the US and spend the last of our money launching in the US for one big hurrah yeah. and just hope for the best. And it worked. Well, yeah, it worked, right? So we did July 1, you know, lots of PR, lots of media, lots of product. Uh, we did whatever we could to, to make it work. And that, that July, I mean, we, we smashed it. The, the Americans they love the product. It. They love shit. They love to spend money. They love to spend. Well, they love, they love spending it on us. At that particular period, it gave us the, a revenue boost. It gave us a confidence boost. Mm. Uh, July has always been a significant month for us because it's always the month that we like to do. We either do a promo or just it just feels like a significant holiday month. I mean, the business was named after 
people traveling in, in that July. month. Yeah. So, you know, it's always had a, a, a strong symbolism of, of growth and, and luck. Last year in particular, <laughs> extremely lucky. Yeah. So, so we launched July 1 in the US and it took off and arguably survived the business uh, through, the, through the revenue, through the momentum Australia opened up. It just felt like it was win after win after a couple of years of really big losses. So, so you know, you ask me now what's going to happen in July. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel good about it. Whatever it is, whatever we come up with, okay. I feel really, I feel really, really good about it because it's, it's it's a special month for us. Something magical always happens in July. It's good to know, though, that, and this is the reality of it. Sometimes is that when you're playing catch up and you're running a business that moves fast in multiple ways, whether it's up or down, that you know you don't have to have, you can't ever have a twelve month type plan ahead of what you're doing for the for that month, so to speak. It's like, uh, it's May. We should probably start thinking about July. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Yeah. It's a bit like that. Um, so w- when we think about the US, what were the ducks in a row in hindsight that you think you had to get sorted that gave you some element of success which launched into what it, what it has become? Was it the PR, the marketing, and something else? What were the most important components? There were, there, I mean, there was a lot of ambiguity around what we should do for launch. Uh, we'd, we'd written a really, I mean, I would say like a light but solid plan on what we should be focusing on. Uh, PR was definitely one of the biggest drivers for us. Mm. You know, it's one of those things where you can say, oh, look, it was an overnight success in the US only because we had spent three years developing product. Yeah. And so we had the product range. We had the, 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 the color range, we had the marketing, we had the, the, the PR backing, we had all these things in place for them to go into the US and feel like it was very, I wouldn't say very easy, but it feels like it worked mm. in, in that July 1 launch. Uh, you know, if I could, I mean, if I could put it back to anything, it's the fact that the product and the marketing were, were in sync mm-hmm. uh, and it was, it was attuned to what the Americans were, were looking for. You know, we were going into a climate where people wanted to travel again. They were coming off like the the incumbents who were already there and established and probably and and not as innovative in the sense of a product change. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were looking for something a bit different, and I think we provided that for them at the right time. Yeah, right. So we, you know, Just on top the timing of, of it, the timing of it, you know, everything works for a reason. I guess in that sense, uh, we, yeah, I mean, we were very lucky in in that sense. I mean, but the product was great. The personalization they loved. Yeah. The fact that we do multilingual personalization as well. So, you know, for, for the Latino community, they could write theirs in Spanish. We have Chinese uh-huh. characters. Anyone with Romanized characters could actually can actually personalize in their language. Uh-huh. So you can do Romanian if you want, French, Italian, things like that. So personalization was a big play for us over there. And it worked really, really well to the point where we were shipping product from Australia. <laughs> so we were, you know, we were almost losing money on every product. Yeah. So that was a question I had around the US is, so when you first launch some, a new market like that, you've obviously got to have your PR, like you said. <clears throat> so I don't know if you used Kate Dinan for that market as well, or if it was a different PR firm, but- She's amazing. You got to have way. a PR firm. You yep. got to have your marketing and a specific landing page for US clients only. So I'm sure you, there were some adjustments there that needed to be made internally. Then there's the supply chain element. 
which because you guys do a lot of the last mile personalization and stuff like that. So you make it over in China, it comes local, that's done there, and then you ship it. How did you do that with the US market? Yeah, I mean, we we make, we assemble in China. We yep. obviously make products in other areas as well. Uh, and the materials from those products come from all over the world. Yeah. And when it comes to warehousing and, and logistics, it's a similar global mix. Mm-hmm. It it can go, uh, you know, we do 3PL out of Asia. We do 3PL out of the US as well now. Uh, we do 3PL in Australia and we also to our last, some last mile delivery ourselves. Okay, so you, I'm assuming you used Asia for the 3PL. Well, it, it just it it just depends, right? Especially for the I mean, you're asking specifically for the US. Yeah. We uh, we we tried to send as much product there as we could. Yeah. But there's also a limit to how much you can send and service mm-hmm. the market without knowing the growth, without having any data to back that up. So it was a, it was a test for us. It was like let's send as much as we can, let's launch as quickly as we can and see how well the market responds to that kind of stuff. Mm. And it did so well that we ended up just defaulting and shipping from Australia in the end anyway. You know, so so there's not much you could do on that. And we could just keep shipping product to the US, but it takes two months. Shipping containers take a long time and they're expensive at the moment. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of mixed things that that resulted in that. At the end of the day, behind the curtain is always a bit messy while you're figuring things out. Yeah. But from the front, we were really glad to see the demand. So you you guys went over, you and Rich, and your families went over for a nice family trip to America recently? No No, no family, no, just Rich and I. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought the family went over as well. I met my family in Singapore afterwards. Ah, okay, that makes sense. So what what have you done infrastructure-wise to sit up in the U.S.? So we set up, uh, we, we formally set up warehousing over there. Okay. To make things a lot easier, yeah, streamlining, uh, streamlining, uh, you know, just shipping and processes and things like that. You know, and we just met, met we just met a few people. <laughs> I actually just wanted to go to the US and hang out a little bit. Okay, so no, I mean, we went to New York. We had a great dinner. We had some some you know great great uh, Greek restaurant that uh, made Aaron introduce me to uh, Kiki's in a, in Chinatown. There's an old laundromat in Chinatown. Yeah, right. Which is quite cool. Uh, what else did we do? I mean, we 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 hung out. We met some absolute great people, uh, potential investors. It's got a vibe in the market. Good e-commerce people. You know, a lot of Aussies who have who have moved there. Yeah, doing really well over there in e-com and and services and just branding and product. There's just a vibe over there, especially LA, and New York. There's just Aussies who are doing things. Yeah, it's like um, I've had this conversation with friends around like Sydney. They feel is like a very entrepreneurial city. Like a lot of friends have moved to Sydney for that and then they go and then move to LA and they say it's just, it's another world. There's a very, you know what I mean? There's that vibe. Uh, they can't describe it. I've not been there, so I couldn't say what it is, but yeah. The hustle is real the hustle. in LA. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. The, the weather's lovely. It's, it just feels good. 